Welcome to the Game Deflators podcast, episode 25. My name is John. I'm joined by James and Ryan. And Ryan, what do we talk about in the Game Deflators podcast? I thought you'd never ask, John. Here at the Game Deflators podcast, we like to talk about games we're currently playing, games we've recently picked up, and the always... Damn it. <laughs> Ryan, your phone. We talked about this in what, episode 21, James, I think it was, where Ryan's phone went off and we, every single time, we said, turn off your phone. Oh, I'm laughing because this is what, take number three of us trying to get this off the ground? This it's is a hot two. take for this the Game Deflators two. today, folks. All right, so we're going to keep recording and I'm not editing this out because I am not going to edit it. Uh, because what fuck we... it, that's how we feel about things at the Game Deflators. Exactly. So go ahead and tell us what we talk about again. Uh, so Did we... you forget what we talked about? No, I already mentioned two you things You were on we the coveted about. inflation deflation. Were you having somebody text Ooh, you what we talk about? I like that. The coveted inflation game. Ugh. Inflation, inflation deflation, deflation challenge but this week not so much yeah this it's okay this week we'll get there we'll, we'll get there so as always we'll start out with our pickups this week i had the pleasure of picking up white knight chronicles 2 and james you will find you just now got that huh yeah i did it was nine bucks two for the price of one it was, did you get it too no, 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 no. I got it. Oh, I see your White joke. Knight Chronicles 1 is on the disc, so it's two ah, for the price of one. I see what you're saying. So um, you'll find some humor in this. So I go to uh, the GameStop, pick it up, V, v GameStop, and I ask the guy, can I see the disc? And of course he says, yeah, sure, you can see the disc. And he just holds it in front of me. I go, no, I, I want to see the disc and move it around and make sure there's no scratches. Right. Oh, well, um, you can't hold it. I'm like, well, then I don't need to buy it. And so he's like, he you just kind of filthy peasant. How so dare you uh, demand to touch this disc without paying for it? So he's absolutely shocked. And I've like have my hands on. It. He literally is grasping this. He will not let me take it. So I snatch <laughs> it from him and he says, well, I guess you can take it. I said, yeah, I guess I could take it. And I, I looked at the disc and I'm like, OK, it looks good. And I hand it back to him. He's like, yeah, we're just scared because we have people run out. I'm like, dude, I have much better things to do in my day than to run out of your store for a nine dollar game especially from the PlayStation 3. So that was uh, that was my fun pick of this week. But I have White Knight Chronicles 2. Um, obviously, I haven't played either. Figured, uh, or no, I have White Knight Chronicles 1, now 2. Haven't played either one. Uh, it's definitely a game I want to play because it is by level 5. And uh, I've enjoyed their games in the past. Ryan? Okay, so this week, I picked up playing a couple of the PS Plus games. And I used to be really on top of PS Plus and picking up all the new games and checking them out. I really was into that for a while and I really got away from it. But uh, this last month or this current month, we've got uh, the Call of Duty 4 remake, which I spent tons of time playing when I was in high school. And then I also picked up The Witness, which is a uh, puzzle game. That's super interesting. I've watched a lot of playthrough for that uh, with uh, Brutal Moose on Twitch. And it always looked like a fun game. And I've been having a good time puzzling around through that this week. Sounds good. And for those listening to Ryan as he has clicking in the background on his end. Uh, James, what are we playing this week? This week, we are doing something entirely different. Any of our observant viewers or listeners who don't saw the clicking, definitely go check it out on YouTube. Uh, we are playing a work of love uh, from Exploding Rabbits called Super Mario Crossover. And don't worry, guy, if you happen to be listening, I did send a donation because we had a little trouble actually getting this up and running on just the web browser. Now, what Super Mario Crossover is, 
And you'll actually see when I start playing as I'm going to uh, change the map skins to random. Imagine playing Super Mario Brothers with the option of playing through the lost levels and plus a shitload more bonus levels, but you actually can play as dozens and dozens of classic NES characters. Like right now, Ryan is playing as Zero Suit Samus from Metroid in Super Mario Brothers. I can play as Ryu Hayabusa from Ninja Gaiden. You can play as Link from all the original Legend of Zelda, Zelda 2. Um, the uh, the boy from Blaster Master, the guys from River City Ransom, which is what he just switched to. Yes. And uh, another thing, because the feature is not enabled, and I will turn it on when I play, is the maps and enemies can be randomized or can be set to match whatever character you're playing. So the Goombas will turn into Skulls in Castlevania, things like that. All your abilities from those characters work as well. Like where you, uh, from Ninja Gaiden in these games, can actually cling to walls and climb up the pipes and stuff like that. It's real cool. Um, highly recommend checking out. You can play it for free online at Exploding Rabbit. Uh, I believe it's ExplodingRabbit.com. Just search Super Mario Crossover. Super Mario Crossover. He also has a new project game he's working on. Uh, unfortunately, I did forget the name of it, but you will see it there on the main page. Now, as for my pickup this week, John's giving me the eye. What are you looking at me for, John? Is it .net? Is it .net? It's .hack. No, it's not. Come on, Exploding Rabbit. What is other game? Let's give the guy a shout out since we're borrowing his game. Oh, I don't remember the other game, man. Oh, you didn't look up his website. Never no, mind, no, folks. I, I'm looking at you because of your recent pickup. I'm kind of oh. curious what the heck this is. Okay, so for my recent pickup, I actually bothered to buy a game. So the Microsoft Store was having a sale, and I don't mean a digital sale because those are every week, and no one really, no, well, I don't really give a shit. The actual Microsoft Store themselves, when they have a sale on their physical content, it's usually pretty cheap. So I picked up The Surge, which those not familiar with it, is made by the same developers that made Lords of the Fallen, which, don't get me wrong, Lords of the Fallen really tried, but it just wasn't that great, even for a Souls game. It was a bit of a... Lords of the Fallen was a bit of a blend of Diablo and Dark Souls that just really fell short what it aimed to be. The Surge is like a sci-fi version of that, and you actually are a cyborg and you go around literally ripping pieces and parts of off other cyborgs and robots to augment and upgrade yourself. So imagine like Deus Ex Dark Souls kind of thing. So um, I always saw good things about it. I heard they got a lot better since they patched it. So it was 10 bucks. So I picked it up. Free shipping. 1074 or 1088, whatever the sales tax is here. Um, I did see that The Witness is free on PlayStation Plus this month. I've really been wanting to play that for a while, but I am a cheap bastard. Uh, and I do have a preference for physical copies. But you know what? What's free with, you know, and I'm saying free with air quotes, obviously. Free with PlayStation Plus. I think it's worth it. So what is next, sir? Well, yeah, I've been playing it and it's fun. I love the, the colors in the world that it takes place in. It's really a, a layered puzzling system where all the puzzles operate on the same mechanic, but they just get more and more elaborate with how you have to figure them out. And they're really good at having like, okay, you see a sign where there's a puzzle and then that'll lead you to another one and they get slightly more elaborate as you go. And so it's a, it's a totally open space. Like you could go pretty much anywhere. It seems like as long as you can solve the puzzle that opens the door to where you want to get to. So if you could figure it out without the tutorial, you can totally go wherever and you could basically move to whatever area and start with whatever kind of puzzle you want, I would assume, if you were smart enough to get around them. Because I've already gotten to an area where it's like, okay, I don't know how to do 
any of this stuff. So I definitely took a left when I should have taken a right. That sounds pretty reasonable. It actually sounds like the Dark Souls of puzzle games. Like the original Dark Souls you start, I was like, all right, once you're at Farling Shrine, you can go wherever you want. It's just you'll learn that you don't want to go this way or that way just yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I'm super excited to get into that uh, COD 4 remake with some people and play online. Uh, I would love to, but I just I can't stand playing first-person shooters with the controller. It, I can't it feels so awkward to me. I can't stand supporting that company. Well, it would, it's going to be interesting for me because I was free. a 360 guy when I was playing Still that, supporting. and this would be on PS4, so that's going to be a big adjustment to get used to. I might buy a Zim 4 or something similar. I thought about it for a long time, but the only thing that's kept me from buying a Zim 4, which for those who don't know, it's an adapter that allows you to properly use and adjust a mouse and keyboard on consoles, uh, which yeah, there's talk about native support for Xbox and PS4 having it, but it's not the same as the game itself supporting. It's kind of bypasses that. The main reason I haven't is it kind of feels like cheating in a way like those games on the console have aim assist that where, you know, you can press a button or, or the target will automatically snap to. Now, imagine I have the speed and precision of a mouse and then I add on top of it really would feel very unfair. So that's kind of what stopped me from doing it. Well, I mean, unless you're really competing online against, you know, pro people like it's not like you're not going to run into other people doing that, too. You should just tell me that I would make all the 12-year-olds cry because I would just be slaughtering them left and right. That that would sell me on it, Ryan. As they hurl insults about your mom. That's only on exactly. Xbox. So this is a weird thing. So they used to make all kinds of first-party peripherals for that. Like, mm -hmm. you know, the nin Nintendo had the, the mouse that for Mario Paint and stuff oh, yeah, like on that. Super Nintendo. Yeah. So it's like Sony makes all God, kinds of stuff. God, awful. <laughs> Microsoft makes all kinds of computer stuff. Like, don't they just have first-party devices that should be compatible? Because well, I know I can hook my Bluetooth keyboard up to my PlayStation oh, and yeah. use it in the browser. You can use it in the browser things like that, but the actual option to be able to use it in a particular game, like Call of Duty, Modern Warfare Remaster, for that matter, still needs to be directly supported by the developers. They can create a type of control emulation, which is what the Zen 4 does, even though it's a hardware device, that allows you to kind of, you know, all right, it's going to emulate the movement of the analog stick. So it takes a little bit of tinkering, um, but that's more or less the idea. And that's kind of why a lot of developers aren't going to put that extra time and effort into it. They're like, oh, no, no, we can just sell it on PC, you know? Uh, what do you think about that, John? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I am completely distracted by this game right now. Oh, you guys are so well, missing out because you're just playing with the Mario skins. Well, and then they came out with... Uh Xbox has that adaptive controller they came out with to help those with uh, disabilities and stuff be able to play anything and everything. So it's like, it seems like it's almost coming around in a way to incorporate more things. Shout since out to only use that. my feet. That guy was fucking badass. Sorry. I Talking about the guy from, uh, why can I not break this? Oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. His uh, his screen name, if I recall correctly, was Only Use Me Feet. Uh, it's because he didn't have arms and he fucking kicked ass at Call of Duty. Literally kicked ass. My yeah, literally. Is, playing with his feet, whipping everyone's ass is fucking awesome. James, Look do you up. know if there's warp pipes in this game? Yeah, it's Super Mario Brothers. Oh, yeah. We're yeah, we have this. the options at the start menu. Uh, for those that are watching, I'll switch whenever it gets to be my turn. Uh, you can randomize the skins. You can also tell it that you want to play through the lost levels. You can tell it that you can play want to play through uh, additional special levels that were fan creations. Right now, we're just playing straight up Super Mario Brothers with just a, a custom SNES style skin. Uh, which he is playing as, what's his name, Bill from Contra? Oh, Lance, Lance from Contra. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. uh, Lance Bean. While I've been distracted, we did we talk about the games that we're currently playing right now? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Okay. Well, we're currently playing Super Mario Crossover. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm currently playing that. It's probably the Exploding most gaming I've done in the last month and a half. Oh, good God. Myself, I am still getting my house in order. I was going to play some more of Final Fantasy X over the weekend just to knock it out. And I haven't gotten to it yet. However, I will be making time for Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Uh, yeah, I need to as well. So that comes out on the 22nd, correct? Oh, yeah. Does that count as a pickup or do we have to wait for the next podcast to brag about it? I think we have to wait for the next podcast to pick it up or uh, count it. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, leave some room. I mean, there is an off chance they fix everything wrong with Anthem this week, and we have nothing to talk about. <laughs> well, we do have that. We can mention that. In other news, which I'm sure everyone saw because it's such a big deal, they did put out another patch that fixes the end game loot. So it's not going to be raining loot from heaven again, like we did with that glitch, so to speak. But they did fix it so the drop rate for if you're in the end game phase for you know the legendary epic or whatever the hell they're calling that equipment that it drops more frequency. It makes it a little more fair again, especially for the people that work their asses off to get to endgame. So um, good for them, probably because they're afraid of losing a shitload more money, but it happens. I mean, damn lives do you have, John? Enough. I've probably played more than I need to. Probably. You should go back to the main <laughs> menu and change that to random skins. You will love that Why, though? I'm on World 4. All right, what is next on our agenda, Ryan? <laughs> well, uh, hold, on, hold on, guys. Uh, you know, while we are still on the topic of... Uh, God damn it, here, take the controller away yeah. from me. While we're still on the topic of uh, things currently Game playing, over. I decided to play Jaws on the NES the other day while I was waiting for our podcast episode to upload on YouTube. And uh, it was bad. Yeah, it was just not a very good game. That is, uh, this and Jaws are the most gaming that I have done in a month now. Now... Ryan, I know you had expressed this before when you first got here. Um, I've also been very busy in the game of throwing away boxes. And uh, as I understand, you're actually pretty pissed off at me for throwing out those boxes. Yeah, see, John's made a gross oversight here. In his moving, he had to put everything in boxes. And he didn't realize that he was storing all of his games with inside of basically other games because the new VR Labo's coming out and you could make literally anything. I mean, Nintendo made a duck butt. What could you make, John? The possibilities are endless. I could probably take one of those boxes and make a giant VR theater with just one box. Is that not good enough for you, Ryan? No, that's fine. I was just really surprised that you didn't jump on the duck butt thing and just start going into other animal butts you could make. I'm I'm trying to be more mature, Ryan. I'm sorry. I'm I'm gonna attempt to make a change moving forward. Do or do not, John. There is no try. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see. It depends on how many more butt jokes you can come up with during the <laughs> podcast recording. But yeah, I mean, I threw away basically solid gold over the last you know few weeks. It's kind of disappointing that you've brought it up. I mean, I've got tons of boxes. Do either of just... you have much experience with VR? Eh, a little bit, a little bit, not too much. See, I've only ever messed around with like the. The Samsung, you put your phone in and you can like, oh, oh I'm in a weird space and stuff and I can watch like cool videos and stuff like, and I was really into that for the free price that I got it for. And I, I think it's almost worth buying 30 bucks worth of VR for a new one. So I know we're going to uh, get into our news segment here in a bit, and this is related to it. Uh, did you guys see it's not necessarily a rumor, but Sony recently filed a patent for a, uh, a wireless version of their VR headset? I did not, but I believe we talked about the 
Oculus Journey before, which um, is the same idea. Yeah, same idea. I mean, but this is specifically Sony filing a patent for VR for themselves, which is, you know, it makes me happy because I know both of us had discussed this a while back that we didn't necessarily want to invest in the, uh, you know, the first go around of Sony's VR specifically because there was going to be something better down the road. Yeah, I, I've been talking about that a lot this week in regards to some other stuff, but it's just like I'm no longer compelled to jump into the first iteration of a technology because it's going to be newer, better, faster, smaller, cheaper two years later. Well, and then you're going to be like, oh, look at how much fun everybody else is having while I'm tripping over myself. So think about this one, though, and it's kind of uh, I thought about this the other day. What would you consider the PlayStation 4 Pro? Would you consider that a first iteration? Or would you consider that the second or third uh, part of that generation? Uh, it's definitely a second iteration. I mean, I didn't own a PS4 until I bought my Slim. True. But see, the Slim is where you're coming into play and saying, yeah, this is the second iteration. A PS4 Pro, from my understanding, They launched could... at the same time. Oh, did they launch at the exact same time? I think there was like maybe a week or two apart because I got... But there were upgrades to hardware and such as well, though. Well, but I mean, like, I got Final Fantasy 15 and got my PS4 Slim to play Final Fantasy 15. And if I had waited like another week and a half or two weeks, I could have got a PS4 Pro instead. Gotcha. That makes so sense. So it's like they were pretty close together, but I just... I don't know. I never anticipated myself really wanting to get a PSVR, except for... This last year, I've seen a bunch of VR stuff, and it's like, ooh, that's really cool. I really want to get in on that. But I know we've talked about before speculation of the PS5 and how it's pretty much going to be like VR integrated as opposed to tacked on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the interesting thing, too, tied in on that is, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to speak too much into this because I didn't do a whole lot of reading on it. But, you know, Sony obviously not being at E3, they're saying that. You know, potentially we could see an announcement, obviously, at the uh, towards the end of the Tokyo Game Show uh, or Tokyo Game Expo, I guess. Uh, we could potentially see an announcement on PS5 or uh, later on to next E3 or even well, later on the year in general. See, and that's another thing. I'm excited to see what's going to go down at E3, especially because we've had so many cool announcements already this year leading up to E3. But I'm wondering if Sony's not just going to do an off-site thing, because there's a number of studios that do off-site presentations of stuff but they just don't participate in the main e3 like nintendo doesn't participate in e3 yeah, they, do. they just release a direct well no nintendo participates in e3 but i think they do a video based kind of like their nintendo direct but at e3 they have a presence at e3 well yeah but i mean it's not like there's not like you're not going to go to e3 and there's not going to be a playstation in the hall demoing nothing like, yeah, I mean, there's just true. zero chance of that happening. Yeah, I mean, I you're going to have developers that are actively demoing their games, I would hope, uh, at E3, but who knows? Maybe we should, uh, if we can get more popular. So guys, help us out, give us likes, five-star ratings, and then we can all go to E3. Oh, no, we can already go to E3. I thought it was yeah. just, I well, thought they No, this puts us oh, in no. the industry. We're in the industry now, John. Oh, Oh, yeah. God. We just got to pay out the ass to get it there, but we could totally do it. Yeah, my, my buddy, he's gone like the last three years, and I think he made like a blog... Uh, you just, you've made my, my heart just pound, Ryan. Yeah, but it's open to the public now anyways. I thought it was just open to, uh, general businesses and they had certain areas that were open to the public. It could be, I don't know. It's a shit show though. It's like, it's like, I used to really want to go to, uh, Comic-Con and now that there's like a almost 200,000 people going, it's like, nah, 
Yeah. Well, um, yeah, let's get uh, back on topic, I guess. And uh, our, I mean, we're still in the news, but uh, in terms of, you know, Sony, obviously there's rumors on that. Something that's no longer a rumor now is Google Stradia. And you've already got it up for me. In fact, it's Stadia. the same article. Stadia? Stadia. Stadia. Oh, who told me Stradia? No, I said Stadia. Stadia. Stadia, that's what it was. There you go. Yeah. You threw an yeah. R in there. Stadia. I did throw yeah. an R in there. Making a long That was a, a silent R for people that are listening. All right. So, uh, yeah, I, I obviously saw the announcement today. Uh, I'm actually pretty excited about it. I know you guys are kind of on the fence with it. A um, few things I like is not necessarily if he promise. I'll put air quotes on that, but... You know, the outlook of streaming out at 4K, 60 frames per second. There's the hope that down the road, 8K, 120 frames per second, full streaming service of, uh, you know, games through there, uh, through Chrome, and then hopefully later on desktops and TVs. Uh, Google's looking to uh, pretty much uh, capture a huge portion of the game market um, that's available right now. And uh, what are a few of the other things that they had discussed uh Minimums of 25 megabytes per second would be needed to run it. Oh, yeah, um, that's pretty minimal, at least yeah. for uh, 1080p. Oh, to totally. 4K, like, supposedly. That's but... very easy for anybody to get in. I mean, you don't have to have a crazy oh, internet service. And yeah, we can they get pretty it. much save it. If if you have a screen, you can play it yeah. for the most part. Yeah, and then the other thing that I found really interesting is uh, the ability to record directly to YouTube because, you know, Google obviously owns YouTube. And uh, if Ryan is recording uh, some sort of game that he's uh, been streaming on there, or he's streaming a game that, God, man, streaming of streaming. That's ridiculous. You can stream your YouTube over to your Twitch and then onto your... Through your streaming of your game. That yeah, you're whatever the kids are into now, I don't exactly. know. Exactly, I don't know. Sniffing Tide Pods and stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's what they're into. Tide Pods. Sniffing Tide Pods. Sniffing oh, Tide Pods. No longer eating them, just sniffing them. Uh, yeah, so basically if Ryan is streaming a game... Pods. <laughs> so if Ryan is streaming a game one of the cool or kids. he has a recording... My current uh, person, my Tide Pods. <laughs> if I go and I decide that I want to play that game i can click ryan's recording and it'll automatically give me the option to i guess purchase the game and uh, play that game as well so i thought that was pretty cool being able to integrate youtube and it's definitely interesting to see or i guess wonder uh how this is going to first of all overall the affect the entire industry as well as uh, just the cool factor of being able to integrate with youtube and other streaming services and you know everything kind of meshed together so, what do you guys think about that uh, announcement? Well, you just my, talking away from the microphone will still hear you. My biggest thing. Well, it's not a very good directional <laughs> mic, then, is it, John? It is a good directional mic, but we'll still hear you. My biggest surprise is that you're actually excited for a platform that has zero physical media. Yeah, it's well, a little like weird. as a collector, it seems antithetical with all the shit that you've given me for going all digital on my Switch for the most part. Yeah, so I, I didn't I say I was going to do it. <clears throat> well, I would imagine there's probably like proud Steam library collectors, but I, I myself like even the uh, the video game collection systems like uh, VG Collect. Shout out to those guys and price charting. I don't know what price charting does, but VG Collect did have an option where you could actually add your Steam library games as your collection. But I don't count that myself i don't think i mean i use price charting for my game collection because it does allow me to see uh current values and all that cool stuff which yeah, yeah it's kind of cool to see it but game value now is what i prefer for uh, the actual values you know i i <sighs> ryan and i tried that a while back we ended up finding that price charting was a little more accurate and up to date really it yeah. used to be game value was uh more accurate they're probably slacking now i don't know I but like ryan and i a while back we had looked at some pricing on um 
and we'll get back on topic, but we had looked at some pricing on game value now and then compared it to price charting. Price charting was actually coming out uh, a lot closer to average uh, based on eBay and Amazon and half.com and everything else that they monitor. Okay. Um, so yeah, we ended up finding a, a greater uh, value in using price charting over game value. Now uh, yeah. still price a shout out to game value now, because it's a pretty sweet and slick platform. I just, I don't, they don't track consoles, for example, Oh yeah, or at least they annoying. didn't a while back. And when I was trying to, uh, you know, upload my collection and find a place to put it, uh, price charting obviously gave me the ability to check pricing accurately. And they allowed me to put in, you know, complete in box consoles and all that. But to your point, VG Collect allows us to do everything and anything, and it's user base. So I mean, yeah, we, we can, can even upload add a, things. I've done that many times. Yeah, we can just if there's nothing, if something doesn't exist, you just add it. Or if you have a magazine that you want to add on there, you mm-hmm. can add that magazine. So there's really cool features on VG Collect that I like. And honestly, man, price charting it just has that edge because of a pricing component. That's really yeah. about it, and it's a little easier to search on price charting for me. Price charting's been around for a lot longer. And yeah, game value now, you have to be pretty precise with what you're typing in. And uh, price charting used to be like that. Used to, like VG Collect, you have to be either very precise or you have to just type a little bit at a time and select from the list of options it'll give you because it's going to say, oh, okay, you want this on PS3. Do you mean in North America? Do you mean in Europe? Do you this? Do you mean this edition? Da, da, da. And it can get a little annoying. Sometimes I have to actually click and manually browse through the console, through the letters, blah, blah, to find what I'm looking for that and is, add it to my collection. That is Real one quick, thing I that, just want to say how ridiculous it is to play a Mario game where you can't jump on anything. Oh, yeah. I noticed that. Oh, Dude, you can, depending on the characters. I died about well, 10 yeah, times. Yeah, it kind of... So getting used you to it, I died 10 times. You can't touch the enemies in Contra, so therefore you will die, sir. So, um... Yeah, back to that whole uh, the Google uh, situation. So one of the things that I had brought Cheaters. up, huh? Not me. He's going for the warp zone too. Oh, all right. Back um, to yeah, subject. yeah. So Google, you know, one of the things that I brought up when we had discussed is, you know, one thing people don't notice is that your ISP or Internet Service Provider, folks that don't know what that is, um, they have data caps for the most part. So if you're streaming these games, kind of like uh, I think a movie generally. They say, or an active TV show is generally about a gigabyte, if I'm correct, is what it takes to stream, right? And most, in, uh, Ryan's shaking his head over here. I'm pretty sure it's I, about I accurate. thought I killed that dude because well, no. he died <laughs> and then I died. We got to not play games while we do this recording. So, um, a yeah, good way to tell on that note is if you have a Netflix account, log into your account and log in as if you're going to change or upgrade your service. And they will actually give you the estimate for... You know, if you're paying for the 4K, they'll show you, all right, you're going to use about this average amount of data per hour, which is actually really handy. Um, because, say, for instance, Cox, for instance, uh, I believe it has to be your their, their third tier and above, which is their premiere and then their ultimate service. You get one terabyte of data per month, which is a good bit until if you factor in like an entire family or... Say if John had a son or a daughter who loved to watch Twitch streamers and he's binging Netflix with the wife and things like that, you actually might go through that bandwidth cap per month pretty quick. And that's where the ISP is going to get you. So something like, you know, the Stadia where it's like, oh, you can stream in 4K. It was like, yeah, you sure as fuck can. But 
just imagine being like Ninja or whoever is in the middle of their stream and all of a sudden they just get cut off because of a bandwidth cap, which guys like that make enough money that I'm sure they have professional or commercial grade internet, so there is no cap, but yeah. Well, it's not even that you'll get cut off. One of the things that scares me about that whole situation is Cox, for example, will text you to say, oh, your bandwidth is, you know, just about done. Pay an extra $10 for an extra 500 megabytes. Like they go by megabytes. They don't even do gigabytes. It's We'll give you an extra... 500 megabytes for $10 is what I've been told by their reps. What does yeah, a that, megabyte uh, again, usually equate out to in terms of 4K 60 FPS so streaming? Nothing. A thousand <laughs> kilobytes is one megabyte. A well, thousand no, I know, but like how much game are you going to be able to play through Stadia with? I would say if you imagine megabytes. on average 720p episode of an hour long show like The Walking Dead, imagine it's probably going to be around 800 to 900 megabytes depending on the audio encoding and things like that. And that's just me making a rough estimate. They do a lot of compression and things like that to make everything work. But uh, yeah, I think it's hilarious that the Cox rep is like, oh, it's megabytes. And you're arguing with those like there is no fucking farting way possible that oh, it's yeah. megabytes. Well, when he told me initially, he's like, it's 50 megabytes. I'm like, dude, there's no way somebody would pay $10 extra like, for each 50 megabytes. It's we not have happen. a limit on email. You can't send an attachment larger than 25 megabytes. Like, come on, guy. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's the only thing, honestly, that scares me about this situation is you have your data caps in place through different ISPs. Yeah. I don't think if there's any ISP actually that doesn't have a data cap. From? And I, I dude, am really not sure. It's a made up game. No, no, it's pulled from real games. Everything is pulled from real games. Some of them are just Japanese only stuff, though. Oh, I gotcha. Like he was playing as uh, Dr. Kosick from some other not Mega Man game earlier. Gotcha. Well, um, but, other um, other news, man. To, to well, I was going to say, when we were still talking about that, this is not big news, but it's still pretty fucking neat. Uh, anyone who hasn't picked up a Steam link for five bucks every Black Friday since it bombed out so bad, uh, which I own one, and they're great for especially you just want to see your PC on your TV, stuff like that. And they work fine for streaming games. Steam, or Valve rather, actually just announced the other day that they have actually put out a patch and update that's going to allow it to stream across the internet. So say for instance, if I wanted to, I could bring my Steam link to Ryan's house and start streaming my PC games on his TV and other cool shit like that. And I think that's, especially when they're on average like five or ten bucks a pop brand new, I think that's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, it's definitely a cool feature to have. Uh, one thing I still need to test out is doing remote play on my PS4 via desktop. It's a, oh, they just came out with that. it on iOS, and I need to hook it up to my iPad to see how that lurks. Yeah, I actually want to see that too, especially over across the internet, like at your work or someplace where you have a good, strong internet connection. I want to because I well tried it doing it on Vita. Yeah, and it was absolute garbage from my bedroom to my living room. Oh, that's a shame. I've done it on my desktop on PS4 in my own local network, but oh, it's John's turn. Um, but to be fair, that's in my local network. That's not across the internet. I did try at a, a friend of mine's across the internet, and I think it was the uh, the PS4 had gone to sleep, or I just couldn't get the connection up, which was kind of weird. But uh, Ryan and I were just talking earlier. We remember there used to be a service where that's exactly what they did. They actually said, you know, your PlayStation 3 and your PC, you could stream it to anything. You could stream it to your smartphone. And this is back, you know, 10 plus years ago, or around 10 years ago, maybe eight, eight, 10 years ago. And because uh, I remember watching a buddy of mine play uh, Darksiders on his PC at his house that was four miles down the road on his little cheap, uh, um, you know, track phone or whatever. And I thought it was pretty awesome because all it's doing is sending the video and audio to that device. Was as it long on as... live? 
Yeah, well, no, no, On Live was the second one that got killed over. Um, man, it's really bugging me because they got bought by Microsoft or one of those, and they disappeared. And now look that you know their legacy is living on in everything. Um, but it does sound like the the Google Stadia is pretty much like the Nvidia streaming service, which is the same thing Sony and Microsoft's trying to do, anyways. Um, by that I mean that they're going to have the option for oh okay you want to play Red Dead Redemption 2 on PC with maxed out settings yeah no problem you pay for this monthly service we'll stream it from our badass gaming rigs or gaming servers to whatever device you don't even you can play it on your iPad or something like that because it's not really doing anything except streaming it yeah actually you know I saw something not too long ago that Microsoft was planning on coming out with a digital only platform like an xbox oh, yes. with no disk drive to save money and just sell you yes. a way to play the games and they've done that before the uh the 360 had a uh what was it called john the arcade edition or something like that yeah it was the uh, core no it was literally called the arcade edition and it did not have a hard drive i think it was 252 megabytes with no hard drive on it yep you could purchase a hard drive but it started it it was like that was the I launch. Think, that was the core. And friends, oh, no, don't, no. friends don't let friends buy core. No, no, no. We're talking about it came out later on because one of the requirements was it you were required to have Xbox Live. It would literally lock the console if your Xbox Live lapped or, or expired. Are you, are you, are you talking like about the, uh, with the, the always on live? Are you talking about DRM? the 360 when they released the elite versions of the consoles and there was a four gigabyte version? Specifically? Yes, that one. That, that one, one that you yes. specifically, you had to, they sold it to you for very cheap because you had to pay for Xbox Live. Yeah, and we always, uh, the game store I worked at, we always had people come in and say, oh, well, uh, you know, my, my Xbox isn't saving games. I'm like, well, that's because you've got 3.6 gigabytes used. You don't have the ability to put on more games. And we ended up selling them a lot of hard drives in that way. So people were like, yeah, it's a great introductory uh you know console but you know if you're looking to save a lot of games and download it just was not worth it i mean everybody ended up coming in for 250 gigabyte hard drive um did we have any other news i mean i i know uh, we just I mean, talked a been, lot about the stadia yeah we've so. been talking about that a lot i know that uh, me and james are both excited for the hollow light hollow knight <laughs> physical edition for yes. switch that's coming out i'm actually stoked about that too that's no relation to uh, Shovel Knight, right? I mean, Correct. is it the same developer, though, or not? No. no, no, no. Really? It looks so close and similar. Well, they're just that. both indie, you know... Uh, I mean, Hollow Knight's a Metroidvania, so it's really yeah. not the same type of game, but they're both action platformers. Yeah, I mean, it looked yeah, very Shovel similar Knight's more mind. of a puzzle platformer. Which I absolutely love. Oh, yeah. I, I have, a, I have a Shovel Knight. I've yet to get to it, but... I've really been looking forward to uh, getting a physical release of Hollow Knight for a while. I have looked at the buying the digital copy so many times now, especially the one at Best Buy it comes with a little plushie doll. Um, but I'm super stoked to be able to just buy it on my Switch. Yeah, it looks like it's going to come with a bunch of really good goodies for the uh, Deluxe Edition, too. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked about it as well. So um, what's another game that's coming out that you're interested in? I uh, believe that there's something coming from from software, software soon from 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 software from software it it, it kind of reminds me very much of like it's as if it's almost not quite dark souls and not quite tenchu so tenchu souls tenchu crossover yeah tenchu souls <laughs> yes it, it very much reminded me i said it the other day it was it's like a blend of tenchu with dark souls and another game that i can't quite remember right at the moment uh bloodborne well, no, that's uh, that's a Soulsborne game. Uh, so true. you guys are both super excited for that. There's oh, yes. also uh, 
a few other announcements that have come out. I I saw earlier, I'll just bring it up real quick. They're doing a HD remake of Castle Crashers for Switch. Oh, yeah, that's which, pretty awesome. That'll be super fun to just plop down and pull out two Joy-Cons and go to town on. I'm glad you said Joy-Cons and not Coin Purse. Right? No, no. Coin Purse is a solo venture. It is. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, back on the uh, the idea, Secular of a... Um, so I believe you got the standard edition. I got the mm-hmm. collector's edition. So uh, probably next week when I get back into town, um, probably be a good idea to do an unboxing for folks. Uh, so Ryan, if your camera is working correctly, uh, you gave me a wink. So I don't know if that that means that you want to use the camera or you yeah it works or want to we'll watch the unbox. It's underwater level. Yeah, so uh, that'll be cool. So we'll try and get a video on that and uh, release that sometime in the next week or so. Fuck you, blooper. And then there's... Oh, shit. shit. Let's see what else is coming out. The new... um, The new Obsidian title. Shit. So I haven't seen anything on that. What is that? Oh, the new Obsidian title. You must be talking about the Outer Worlds. Yes, sir. I am... I don't get too excited for... um, for new games nowadays, but that worlds I am excited for. It is actually I, I kind of refer to it. technically it is a Fallout, but it's not really Fallout. It is being made by the two original creators of the original Fallout series before three. And uh, if you can imagine instead of it just being the whole post-apocalyptic thing, it's actually set in outer space where this alternate timeline where these big mega corporations found this other galaxy and these inhabitable planets and they started uh kind of like in the alien movies they went out there and started colonizing them and everything like that except the corporations were in charge of everything and they kind of all went to shit so it's a little bit of a blend of fallout and bioshock with that same classic fallout sense of humor and uh i'm really looking forward to it. you actually start out your character Instead of being born or anything like that, you actually wake up in cryostasis. You're on a ship of colonists that were supposed to land, and it turned out you were just not uh, economically viable for the corporation, so they just kind of left you all out in space to to die in stasis, and you happen to get woken up by this crazy scientist who's rebelling because everything's kind of going to shit. But um, I highly recommend checking out. It's called The Outer Worlds Game Informer. Uh, this month has a great article about it with lots of info. It's going to have some of the same features uh, that we got used to from Fallout 3. Like, uh, I, forget, I believe it's called Time Distillation instead of VATS, where you can actually slow down time and, and aim and things like that. And you'll have the multiple choice dialogue. But So there, it's very similar to Fallout. I mean, even that cryostasis is the same idea oh, yeah. of what the, the volts time are. Distillation. I, I have a, a very legitimate question. Is it going to also have features, uh, game-breaking features like that of Fallout 76 or, or console-breaking features like Anthem? Oh, no, 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 no. Luckily, so far, we won't have that Bethesda seal of quality on the first run of the games. Damn, I was really looking forward to that, actually, when you mentioned that game. I honestly got to say, uh, who is it? EA and what uh, what publisher or what uh, group does Assassin's Creed? Because I got to say, as Ubisoft. far as... Ubisoft, yeah, their their Assassin's Creed glitches. I gotta say, oh man, some of those are fucking amazing. It even looks like it has its own little uh, vault boy. Oh, that kind is of true. a really creepy. Oh, oh wow, that moon. is weird. It, it, that it looks like it looks like near meets uh, Jack in the Box. It does. Yeah, yeah, that that's is creepy. Oh, oh, and that reminds me. Before we move on to the next thing, uh, I'm sure all our our classic PC gamers and our PC master racers. John's Thank you for the, for the con- controller. Controller uh, noticed that yesterday. 
a new teaser trailer for System Shock 3 dropped, and it looks pretty good. It looks very creepy. It looks very, very reminiscent of System Shock 2. Yeah, I've never played any of the System Shock games, but I played all the Bioshocks, love the Bioshocks, Mm -hmm. and I'm real excited to get into that System Shock universe because I had heard speculation before, well, they started with System Shock and then they did Bioshock. So what's going to be next? Like a Psycho Shock or something that like something that iterates on that but involves like a different bio word in there somewhere. I want to play it just so I can hear the uh, the computer, the artificial intelligence. I forget the her name, the villain in System Shock. Just to hear her say, would you kindly? You know, they've got to slip that in there somewhere. What is it, like Shodan or something? Oh, yeah, Shodan. Isn't that her name? Shodan or something? It's very similar. I haven't played it myself either, but I'm familiar with them. Um, you know, funny enough, the original Bioshock, when I started playing it years ago, I kind of got bored with it, and then Buddy Mine just kept raving about how amazing it was. I was like, you know what? Screw it. Just, just tell me how the game turns out, because I'm not going to beat it. He did, and I sat there and I listened to him, and I'm like, holy shit, you blew the ending for me, but I'm still going to go fucking finish this game now because I know of it. So that is still one of my favorite things is, uh, I used to say it all the time, is like, would you kindly stop, would you kindly, you know, kill, would you kindly. So, all right, uh, we're getting pretty off track. What's next? Uh, well, next on our general list of things would be, I guess, our uh, inflation deflation. You guessed correctly. So this week, we took a look at the Super Nintendo game Marvel Super Heroes in War of the Gems in anticipation for Endgame coming out soon. We Definitely. just got that fresh new trailer last week. Definitely some good timing on that. You know, uh, could have been I, better, but you know, hey, whatever. I did just. Well, you a, all voted, folks. You all voted for this. So you know what that means, though. I just got a notification for Toy Story Four. The trailer was just released. That means we need to play Toy Story on Super Nintendo. Oh uh, no, we got to play Toy Story on the PlayStation. That was such a good yep. game. PlayStation version. PlayStation oh, version. Such a good game. You I guys got to play Toy Super... Commander on the Dreamcast too. All right. Anyways, <laughs> not related, but good game. Back to Marvel Superheroes: War of the Gems. It is showing for twenty nine sixty six loose. 11950 completed in box. This is a banger of a price for a game. It's been a while since we've had something that was like this up there. Well, and this really average. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, a lot of it's probably that we had we didn't play too much of it this go around, um, given that we were trying to figure out how to get this. Uh, Mario gamed up and running and OBS and everything else for this week, but um, we played a little bit of it. And uh, dude, my first initial impressions were it's just it's hard. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. It is uh, it is definitely a difficult game. Uh, the reason I picked it up a couple of years ago is because I always liked uh, X Men Mutant Apocalypse on Super Nintendo. It's a really cool beat 'em up game. Uh, that has inputs and controls very similar to Street Fighter. It's a lot of fun. X-Men Mutant Apocalypse is actually pretty pretty tough, too. Once you get the hang of it, it's not so bad. This one, always, it feels to me like it really wants to be that, but also feels very much kind of rushed. Like, it's obviously built on that engine, 
but without the extra care, like, you know, you don't have the alternate paths and you can't do, uh, well, I'm serious with Spider-Man. You can climb on the walls a little bit, but in X-Men with Beast, you could like hang from your feet and climb up walls and stuff like that. So, uh, when I bought it, I think I paid around 20 bucks for it uh, about two or three years ago. I say it's worth 20 bucks. Uh, only cause it's a, it's an uncommon game, but as far as gameplay, is it worth 20 bucks? Not really. No. Yeah, and that's really where I was at too. I mean, that $29 price point that you've given us, we didn't play it a whole lot, but at the same time, honestly, I can't see myself enjoying that game enough to say, yeah, I paid you know 20 bucks for it. It's, in my opinion, just not worth it at that point. Um, a little bit of the gameplay that we obviously did. Like, I played as Wolverine. I know you played as Iron Man. Um, in my experience playing Wolverine, I actually, I thought it was pretty smooth. The controls were actually fairly good for my character. Pretty quick pace on, uh, you know, his ability to slash enemies. And, um, you know, what it really came down to was there's just a lot of weird things, like having to smash through random columns of wall rather than being able to get up to certain areas. Um, and then the uh, the boss battles are just extremely difficult from what we experienced. And uh, it's not to say that a hard game is offsetting, because I, I do, or off-putting, because I do play harder games. It just... To me, it was kind of stupid hard. It, it was unnecessarily hard, I mean, what we, we were doing. We had a, a little bit of a challenge with River City Ransom last week, but it was just the playability of it was much easier and much better. And I think that the thing holding this game back is just that it's so... Like, in a lot of side-scrollers, you at least get that angle and that depth of field. And this is purely, like, a side-scrolling beat-em-up. Like, there's no maneuverability. You don't really have a lot of options to to get around. Like, that's the thing that makes, like, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game so great. Is like, mm -hmm. you can really move around and you can get, like, behind people. There's things layered in the backgrounds and stuff. And this game just looks very flat and static and... The character designs are great. I didn't recognize a bunch of the enemies because I wasn't reading comics well, graphically, back when this game came out oh, in October of 1996 in Japan and November in EUNA. Yeah, yeah, graphically, so it was pretty um, far in the Super Nintendo's life when it came out. Yeah, but gra yeah, graphically, the game actually looks really nice. It's not a bad game by all means in terms of the graphics of it. Um I like I said, I made my point on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean the characters look great and everything, but the game itself is very like there's not it's, there's it's not, not like a it. beat 'em up. Like when I play yeah, a beat 'em a up, clunky. I expect to have depth of field and be able to have more control over my character. I mean, I was a little bit of a disadvantage. I played through a water level, which was dumb. And I really think that Iron Man would have been prepared for that situation. Oh, he clearly wasn't. Not but he your, definitely wasn't. Not I, Ryan I suffocated <laughs> to death in that water. But it was... He drowned in the iron suit. He the did. Mark one armor. Yep. Yeah, that just... That made no sense. Um, I mean, you, you nominated these games to be voted for. Yep. And you knew that this was probably coming. Yeah. Like, like, it's a so-so game that's at a high price point. Probably because yeah. they just didn't make very many of them and they didn't sell very many of them, well, right? Well, it more or less came out toward the end of the Super Nintendo's life. I mean, 1996, 1997, if you think, to put that in perspective, the Sega Dreamcast came out in 9999. So, yeah, it was very much then. I think that's why there was probably... I mean, Final a, Fantasy VII came out in 97. Exactly. I mean, it was pretty much done for us. So they probably made a very 
limited release of them. That was just uh, honestly between it and Super Adventure Island 2, I just pulled off the top of my head because I know they're a little up there priced without being like the crazy high ones to kind of see, uh, what does everyone think of it? Like Super Adventure Island 2, you don't really see anybody play it. You know, it never comes up, neither does this game. Um, one day, you guys will definitely need to try X-Men Mutant Apocalypse because it's built in the same engine. Mutant Apocalypse, the combat feels more meaty is the best way I can describe it, whereas in um, Marvel Superheroes, it just feels kind of clunky. Like, they're both kind of slow, but also in Mutant Apocalypse, there's more freedom. Like, in some air levels, you can actually, like, go up here and here and find little secret things rather than a very linear path with really cheaply placed enemies, so... Well, and I felt like they were disguising a lot of loading screens or something because I couldn't get through, like, three minutes of gameplay without hitting an elevator shaft or something that I couldn't control my character during. Oh, yeah, it's probably uh, fluff, to tell you the truth. I, I know there was another one I can't remember off the top of my head, but there was... A couple of games toward the end of the Super Nintendo's life that um, when they made them, they were really, really pushing the hardware. And the one I can tell right off the top of my head was Street Fighter Alpha 2 on Super Nintendo, which I would love to have because I'm a Street Fighter fan. But that one, that cartridge will actually get very, very hot. And if you play it too much, it can possibly damage your Super Nintendo because it literally is just pushing it further than it's meant to be able to handle um, I think Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 was another one that can cause some issues, but I don't think quite to that severity. I never noticed that as a kid growing up on that game. Um, no. But I did want to point out that Ryan's there talking about shafts and you're talking about fluff. So I just want to mention that. Just FYI. Thank, thank you, John. We'll just, we knew we would get back around to that Labo reference. You would have to. You have to eventually. <laughs> I just heard that. It was one thing. I'm like, Ryan's talking about this and James is mentioning that. Yeah, it's so, linked up now. Speaking of shafting and fluffing, what's next on the list, sir? On well, the agenda? next, we well, got to say, what do you guys uh, yeah. think? Oh, inflated, yeah. deflated. Yeah. I, I think uh, it's, it's inflated. Yeah. I would say it's inflated as well. And uh, what's the new price point on that again? Uh, the new, not new, new, complete in box. Okay, complete, box. complete in box one nineteen fifty. For those curious, yeah. new three forty nine forty eight. So I ask you, listeners, would you pay that much money for a new version of this game? Compare that to a brand new copy of Super Metroid. I think, or not brand new, but a rather complete in box copy of Super Metroid. I think is around two hundred dollars. I could be wrong. It could be 300. Super Metroid is worth a lot more new than oh, absolutely. There are so many copies sold that they actually released the greatest hits versions of that game. Yeah. Super Metroid News 474 and Complete 118. So it's a what? buck cheaper for a complete Super for Metroid. a far superior game that you're going to get more enjoyment. That, that new price is probably a recent transaction. That's why it's so low compared to the complete yeah, box. Because yeah. I want to say the other day I looked and it was like 700 the other day when I was looking at it. Yeah, As a matter it, of fact, it I could have been a bestseller version of it too as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, obviously I think we all agree it is inflated. Actually, I'm going to shock everybody here. <gasps> and I'm going to say that I think that if you are a huge Marvel fan person and you got ripped off buying the collector's edition of Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite We're looking and you, you got Brad. those stupid little eggs that came with oh, it. Oh, yeah. I think that if you're the kind of person that's really into that kind of stuff, this is the perfect time to jump in while it's at this low price point of almost $30 and just rob that market up. Because I think that beyond the game itself, especially something like this that's Marvel, it has a 
relevant tie-in going on next month. I think that people that are into comic books and are used to paying outrageous prices for low, like not that comics are low quality media, but you get a lot less out of owning a rare comic than you do out of owning a rare game. And I think that some people could actually really get that $30 value out of this if you're a big comic book person. Way yeah, to start can, a shitstorm, Ryan. I could totally see that, actually. But, Ryan, stop. Don't do not do it. It'll just go up further. So, uh, yeah, I was going to say, just give us enough time, folks. When we get a couple of thousand listeners, we'll be able to artificially jack up those prices. Um, so ooh, grab it now. Man, well, it's still co- cheap. That copy of Jaws I have, ooh, that's so good. <laughs> um, so, uh, by the way, the price fund at Super Metroid. So uh, just a couple days ago, actually, when we were working on our uh, template for this week, Super Metroid New was 983 Holy crap. Yeah, so that that's why when you mention that price. So somebody just like, sold one at half price, they got a screaming deal. Well, that or somebody got ripped off at nine eighty three. No, that too. Yeah, I think regardless, if you're paying more than a loose price for one of those games, you're ripping yourself off anyways. Absolutely. It, I agree. Yeah. So uh yeah, I mean I don't think we have much going on outside of that. Uh, we pretty much covered everything this week. Obviously some big news came out of Google and uh, a lot of cool releases coming out our way soon. Uh did we want to figure out what we're doing next week for our inflation deflation? Well, we still have the, because they broke even on the vote, the uh, the other game that was on the vote since they broke even was Super Adventure Island 2 on the Super Nintendo. Let's do it. Oh, we uh, we haven't heard your uh, your progress on Super Metroid. How are we doing there? Uh, there is no progress. Uh, I have been collecting Nintendo Labo boxes while moving uh, for the last... <laughs> just add your own stickers. Yeah, just got to add stickers and I'll be good to go. Now, uh, this week, I, I just haven't... I, honestly, the SNES Classic is still packed away. I know where it is, but... I've just got so much going on right now that well, I have not had time. Funny enough, I actually just learned something recently that I debated if I was going to tell you or not, but since it's after the fact and you had already beat that boss, died, and went back to the previous save point, apparently there is a rewind feature in the SNES Classic. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm i not sure which button to access it, but I totally I watched on YouTube. They were showing, for example, if you're playing Donkey Kong Country on the mi- damn mine cars trying to get that one banana, and it's like, yeah, it pulls up and it actually lets you just, you know, revert back to what you were doing in the emulation, which I thought was pretty cool. So kind of like a save state in a sense, but uh, on steroids. Like a live save Yeah, ability, exactly. Yeah, like a constant just, save state, yeah. That's pretty awesome. I didn't yeah, think about that. That's, that's kinda that che- is a really nice feature when you think about it. It's kind of cheating, though. It really is. That's why I debated telling you. I don't think I'm not gonna it, use I don't it. think anybody bought the SDS classic and was like, "Man, I'm super concerned about cheating." The only cheating what I do if you is fast uh, forward. Does it beat the game for you? Right. Like, you know, modern Nintendo games. We noticed you died ten times in a row. It's like, stop fucking with me. Oh, that just happened with me. We were playing more Resi Two Remake, mm-hmm. and I died so many times that it asked me if I wanted to switch to a lighter difficulty. Oh. And I, I accidentally clicked it, so now I have to go back through and replay like an hour of gameplay to get back to where I was so that I can, you that's, know. That's one oh. thing I absolutely hate is when it's like, do you want to play on an easier difficulty? And you're like, yeah, sure, let's see. Oh, well, you won't be able to go back to the harder one. Like, why? Why can't I just Why can't I just get past this one boss and then do it? Give us but, options. We want yeah. options. But guys, the only cheating I do is a Konami code. Right. <laughs> that's the only cheating I do. I will not be using that feature on the SNES Classic. Um, I think that's a dumb feature. 
personally. And uh, that actually reminds me, I have a twofer. Uh, since neither one of you guys can manage to figure out a game that Gas James has never played, uh, shout out to Get Off My Lawn Gaming. He does uh, a lot of Battlefield videos, things like that, but he actually figured it out. So in addition to I was supposed to pick a second game for my uh, my dear game resolution since To The Moon will be so short, he actually nailed it. And I can't believe you guys didn't think of try this one, but James has never played Half-Life 1 and 2. Interesting. You know, oh, can I'm, we? I I was not gonna reach that far <laughs> for yeah, Half Life. We I were didn't thinking think. oh, yeah, that we is were, uh, that's you know I'm sure the the 26 or listeners or so and the well, one or two and their PC gamers were like, holy shit, what? Well, I mean, it just it's not an obvious thing. Like I think the problem we had was we were trying to reach for obscurity, but the thing is with YouTube, like obscurity is not obscure anymore uh, so we well, probably didn't think to go for some maybe more middling of you know the fifth console generation stuff well it's not supposed to be obscure it's supposed to be like what you would be considered a classic like a holy shit everyone should play this kind of game like the whole well, but John's i just never assume you've done Control. all that yeah, that's that's the trick. You're supposed to be surprised. Like, holy shit, James never played Half Life. It'd be like, like holy fuck, Ryan's never played a Call of Duty. You know that Man, kind of. James thing. has never played Dad Shower Simulator. Oh Ooh. God, I'll just borrow your copy, John. Just you, clean it off first. You, you can. <laughs> All right, I thought I it was stop digital this only before it deteriorates any further. So Nothing thanks for joining us. Jokes, folks. Rate us five stars. We're on podcast. What is it? Podcast addict. We can't even keep our own shit straight. Just give us positive reviews. Well, <laughs> we got to tell them where we're at. I mean, they might be listening to us on uh, iTunes right now, but hey, we're on podcast you know addict. This or week, Play Music. don't worry about it. This week, check out the uh, footage we recorded while we tried to podcast. Yep. It's a cool game. Shout outs to, what was his name again? It's uh, Exploding Rabbits uh, is the... Uh, the webpage and the creator of the game super and, mario uh, crossover.com oh it's super yeah. fun it's a really interesting title and i'm really glad that you brought that tonight and any of y'all who have been watching the title screen the uh, the times we let it pass through um it actually says the name of the new game he's been working on it's uh it was uh glitch kickers or something like that anyways i hadn't had a chance to look into it but if you watch the scrolling marquee it will say it again sounds good well i don't have anything else to go with so uh this has been John. I'm Ryan. Pepto-Bismol. Silence. Well, you made me have a brain fart. I was going to say I came here to to kick ass and chew coin purse, and I'm all out of coin purse. Ooh, I don't, I don't want to. Okay, uh, and that's James, and we rubbery. are the, the Game, game Deflators. Deflators. Thank you.